All right, what's up, everyone? How's it going? Episode two, after the Driving, amazing success that was, that was episode one. We're still how's riding the coattails of the fame. It's been a whirlwind. Oh but... yeah, it feels so good. I changed my LinkedIn to podcaster. Oh, I'm so excited to make some business cards that are going to say podcaster. Hell yeah. I changed my Instagram bio to entrepreneur. Wait, is there a female? What's the f- what's the female? Is there like a gendered female term for entrepreneur? Is it like entrepreneurse? Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I guess it would just be E-U-R-E at the end if we're doing real French up in here. Ooh, you speak French? Mm-hmm. I was a French minor in college. Not to brag. Yeah. No big deal. How's that working out? um it was it was a lot of french coming in handy <laughs> my other major comes in handy well i was a double major in philosophy and art history so i use one of those now so nice yeah and now you're using the other one right now for this podcast the philosophy this is a philosophy podcast i never knew that it would come seven years after graduation but here we are suck it mom really making the most out of those loans <laughs> hey thanks to your rona bucks they're mostly paid off mm-hmm. nice. nice congrats yeah. thank you my goal is to have a positive net worth by the time i turn 30 so we'll see oh i think you can get there for those at home are you that's not 30 like a year a year and two months yeah how old, are, how old are you i'm 28 you're baby <laughs> oh my god you're, you're a baby. baby you're a baby, oh baby. <laughs> that settles baby it you're a baby oh. wait i thought <laughs> jordan baby. was baby no now jordan it's very is clear that you're a baby <laughs> Baby knows no time, though. No age. <laughs> we can all be baby. We can take that role when we need to. We're all we're all different kinds of baby. That's yeah. might yeah. be the truest statement of all. Yeah. <laughs> but how are you guys doing? What have you guys been up to this past since since we last? Um, I was working on the front lines this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're a troop. Yeah, you're a troop. I'm slinging slinging essential lattes. You're nice. you're a true hero. I don't know if enough moms have told you that on Facebook, but truly. Yeah, you are a hero. I can't wait to get on the plane first when they're boarding uh, frontline yeah. troops first. <laughs> Do you have a cute little smock you wear? No, like that'd be so funny if you just like if you start doing like the way the troops just wear it everywhere and people just yeah, start yeah, saluting yeah. you. Wear your uniform in public, right. so people know. I should just wear an army uniform. A little barista pin. Do you actually do you wear like a mask and stuff at work? Like, what's your what's your situation at work like? I'm wearing that mask. Yeah. We're recording, Ooh. so nobody can see how cute yeah, you look can, right can now. You, they can hear how muffled it is now. Can you describe the fabric that you made the mask out of? Uh, yeah, some people uh, where my coffee shop I work at is a donation site for mask making materials, and then also like a pickup place for medical people that need it. Mm-hmm. So we're some of the ladies that dropped off some masks gave it to the employees too. Oh, so you you took a mask from a medical worker? No, these are one. Yeah, of you shitty... stole a mask. You stole one of the PPE essential PPE. This is yeah. It's an N95. And you're hoarding it. It's an N95. I actually have a ventilator I use uh, at night too. just for sleep. Yeah, like a like a sleep apnea machine that you just use. Yeah, like fuck a CPAP. I got a ventilator. I intubate myself every night. I ram a ram a tube yeah. down my throat that's how you're that's how your altitude training for your backpacking in the summer is just sleeping with a ventilator every night <laughs> <laughs> no this is one of the shittiest masks they they've got like type a through d and a is the the garbage mask mm-hmm. that's what the moms are making no i use my yeah. yosemite bandana which is like not even 
Like there's no filter or anything. It's if any, I went for a run with it yesterday and if anything, it probably made it worse. Yeah. It just got so <laughs> damp with my breath and it's yeah. so gross and it was just dripping from me. So Corona magnet. Yeah. yeah. Just spreading it, just becoming a super spreader. Good job. You exhale real hard out your mouth when you pass people. Yeah. I try not to, but then I just like stare at them and pant at them. Like yeah. <laughs> While screaming six feet as they're running yeah. by. Six feet! <laughs> How's your quarantine going? How are you guys doing? It's not that bad. Like yesterday I went for a run and then for there's a fire trail that I run up that's pretty wide because it's like big enough for, for vehicles. And it's pretty popular, but it's not as bad these days and but like yesterday there was just like a couple of families out there so it was like a group of like eight to ten people that had just like spread all over the trails and at that point it's like debating whether or not should just i should just start coughing like (laughs) exaggeratedly just to just to get them out of my way just to do some terrorism what do you think the chances are that those eight (laughs) to ten people already live in the same household i'd say outside of utah very low they're they're definitely like a lot of them were like groups of people they're just like met joined up and stuff but although to be fair you don't really know in the bay area because yeah. everyone has like 15 roommates to afford so, to live anywhere. yeah as i keep seeing people like hanging out outside people like on the street and stuff i'm like eh, you probably all live together yeah yeah <laughs> must be nice having 15 housemates yeah it's great yeah, yeah only now like jam. never anytime else but like only for friendship right now dude if i would have been living in that warehouse right now that I was living at in Oakland, I would be a mass yeah. shooter. <laughs> <laughs> the warehouse that burned down? Yeah, the warehouse that burned down. I feel like that's the first spot. You would have been the original Bay Area hotspot. Yeah, that probably would have been a spot to start it. But it's gone. RIP. Uh, how you doing, Nadia? Um, pretty good. I mean, I'm still working. Mostly from home. Sometimes not from home. So that's nice. But... Yeah, I we have we have a fair amount of recreation opportunities around here, so it's only it's only crowded with the people who actually live here, which is like three hundred in this whole town. So even crowded is not actually crowded. So nice. I'm thankful to have those types of places. But I do I do wear gloves when I work because I have to like make sure I don't get my finger greases on museum objects. And every time I put on a glove, I feel a twinge of guilt which is oh, like you're wasting a medical glove yeah that some uh nurse or health practitioner out there is like but just so you can catalog some yeah artifacts exactly <laughs> is there a glove shortage though i don't know and we only have like a few boxes we're not like hoarding a, i mean that right. i know of our office at least so i don't know about other people but because i'm using them at work too but i hadn't heard anything about a glove shortage mostly just masks yeah yeah masks. hopefully General, there's other like PPE stuff that's that's in shortage, like some of the full face masks, the coverings and stuff like that. Some of mm-hmm. the, I've seen some like videos of the, the robes and stuff or like the shirts they use, the uh, disposable ones that are just like super thin that just completely shred. Yeah, so like there's a bunch of issues with that stuff. They're, they're just frog togs. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're just the Jim Walmsley shirt. <laughs> oh, the Jim Walmsley crop top with the holes yeah, in it. With the holes. All right. Uh, some new stuff uh pcta extended their closure their their recommendations and stuff like that until june 1st so the the pcta and i think this is i I haven't seen the at's response or the cdt's response uh cdtc response but i think most of them are extending their stuff to at least june or or like close to at least may mid-may to june which is like much later. It's kind of on the edge of like the the summer backpacking season, but obviously all the spring stuff has already been shut down. 
So for the PCTA, that means that they are not doing any trail maintenance stuff. They're not doing any of the regular events. Um, and they're still asking people to stay off the trail, which means still fuck all for anyone who's still on there. I was already planning to get on there, but for the if anyone who was like still planning on doing like later season stuff, like May starts or things like that, it might affect them. Sobos, it might start affecting Sobos. They haven't mm-hmm. listed anything about permit stuff. So that still remains to be seen whether or not backpacking is going to happen this year. I think the longer trails are pretty much done. The like the, the triple crown trails maybe like the pacific northwest trails and stuff like that anything like really long a couple longer than like a month or two is probably going to be cut off it's going to be pretty hard mm-hmm. then there's um when's the latest you can start sobo on the pct and feasibly do it july july it's the usual start date for southbound pct is like two weeks after the snow tell at hearts pass which is zero so two mm-hmm. weeks after that which is usually around june uh, mid-june so most like i started like when i did it, it was started in on july 7th so i say i heard of a few people starting a little bit after that but then you're kind of risking like the socal storm or not getting through the sierra in time anyway yeah but mm-hmm. so there's a chance that some sobo pct hiking could happen yeah it's but it's so it ties into the Skirka article. Um, it was pretty good. Andrew Skirka wrote a pretty good article about a um, little discussion article about when and how it's going to be safe to backpack again. So obviously he does a lot of guiding in the summer and then does a lot of plans and stuff. He's canceled, I think, all his May trips. The thing that he put down was that the three things that he's kind of waiting for when like backpacking can really start up this summer is when we have a vaccine, when we have effective medical treatments and or herd immunity. So the first one seems like when we have a vaccine and then we have our, we finally have enough resources and stuff like that so that we don't destroy the medical system. And then, or we have herd immunity, which means that a lot of people would need to die in order for that to happen. <laughs> or a lot more people need to get infected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what do you guys think about like, if, if they quote unquote open the economy back up and people are going back to work and stuff anyway, will you continue not to backpack or recreate or? I saw a, a Twitter post that was very accurate where it was just someone talking about like, I was just uh, me waiting for you all for the first wave of people to go mm-hmm. out and still staying indoors. Right. Which I think is, that's my plan is just like wait for the first wave to see if it peaks or not. Like I'm still probably not going to be going out. None of my summer plans were like, the Sierra High Route would be later in the year anyway, so might so yeah. still still got time to wait for that. There's some other trips I had planned, like going to Yosemite and stuff like that. But I think at this point, it's just like that first wave. Once the op- once the they open shit up, it, there's just going to be a massive wave of people, yeah, hitting everything, and it's just gonna. I'm sure there's going to be another peak. I mean, that's already happening in Florida. I mean, not the peak, but that's I'm sure going to happen in Florida soon. With like the beaches already being open and them being flooded already. It's like, cool, our plan to sit out and wait this out until y'all are stupid enough to venture outside is like already coming true. We didn't even have to wait that long. There is, um, so you just saw the protest, right? All the, like, the oh so stupid protests. The MAGA protests. <laughs> Did you see the sign, the chick holding the sign that says, my body, my choice, Trump 2020? Yeah. And it's yep. like a picture of a mask with a line through it. Damn, treated. Like, girl. It's so funny. <laughs> 
So uh, apparently, all these protests, all these like that just happen to like a start up. They're all like funded by some like right wing think tanks and funders and stuff like that that are funded by like Betsy DeVos, which is like kind of getting into like the conspiracy theory weeds. But there's actually been a ton of evidence to show them that like yeah, all these are groups. Let's are, go there. Are funded by all these like right wing think tanks who just have a bunch of funding. We're just putting into this to try to start shit up that's good to hear because my heart was broken that like americans don't go protest anything with we don't protest for better health care we don't protest for wall street reform we don't protest against the bailouts but then people are like i want to go back to work so fucking bad (laughs) (laughs) like like, oh i just want to make my boss richer it's killing me that i'm not yeah yeah which is like if you're yeah it totally makes sense like if there were protests going on right now like to demand rent strikes or stuff like that i could i could understand like living wages healthcare for everybody to get people through this like yeah that makes sense but no like i'm protesting because i want to be able to go get lawn fertilizer (laughs) and go back to work so that i can earn money to give to my landlord who does nothing and yeah. to make my boss richer again. Yeah. And make more money so I can pay my fair share of taxes. Although, to be yeah. fair, they probably don't have landlords because I think I read something that, um, like, the number one indicator of if you'll vote Republican or Democrat is if you're a homeowner or not. Is that? I'd have to fact check that. Don't fact check anything. Allegedly, that's that's what I hear. That more than, like, income or race or, like, where you were brought up or anything, it's whether you're a homeowner or not is the number one indicator of if you'll hmm. vote Republican or not. That's wild yeah i mean that makes sense like people who live in urban populations tend to not be able to ever afford real estate and right and young people don't own homes and black people don't own homes i'm not surprised but yes there's gonna there's already like talks of opening up all this stuff um opening some states some states are making um washington oregon and california made a western states pact where we're not going to kind of coordinate the three states are going to coordinate opening up some of the stuff, which is pretty cool. Mostly because I'm ho- really hoping that this leads to secession. And that yeah, we- I might move back <laughs> if that's the case. If we can be Cascadia. Yes. Cascadia. Let's do it, y'all. Or- yeah. Wait, but not the state of Jefferson. No, state of, or just name the, we, we can, here's the compromise. Just co-op with- it. <laughs> yeah. Or just compromise with like the, the NorCal rednecks when you go through mm-hmm. Jefferson. Just call, We'll call it the entire thing Jefferson. That's fine. But yeah. it's still just... The flag's pretty cool. The state of Jefferson flag. The 2X, the straight edge X sign. Yeah, straight edge, state of Jefferson. <laughs> the sh- the straight of Edgerson. <laughs> that, was my favorite, that was my favorite thing of walking through Syed Valley and just seeing when you mm-hmm. walk in on the PCT and you come down and you just see the giant double X sign on the side of one of the buildings. Yeah. I remember being like, what I didn't is really, this? Yeah, I didn't know that much about it until then I was there. I was like looking it up and then it was just like, oh, this is so tight. This is so dumb. But now that it's happening on a much larger scale, it's way better. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited to be a West Coaster right now. I feel way safer here than I did in Utah. I feel pretty safe in New Mexico. The population yeah. density is real spread out. Uh, I think California done, has done so far a pretty good job. Like our death rate and stuff is much lower than was expected, especially in the Bay Area and some places like that where we were expecting to be hit like New York was. But we got on the shelter in place stuff like a little bit earlier than other states and other places. Like we're on day 33 of shelter in place in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. Like it's been fucking wild that it's been and even california was the first state the first governor newsom was the first governor to institute statewide yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think new mexico had the best testing rate i don't know if they still do but for a while we had the highest testing rate yeah so we were able to catch people really early and honestly like albuquerque and santa fe are the only like dense areas in the whole state 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so the testing is kind of weird. So I think I mentioned last time uh, towards the end that my partner, Kay, was starting to feel sick. She had had a couple of like symptoms. Oh, right. That was our cliffhanger. Yeah. She talked to her doctor and she got tested uh, and she is negative. She tested negative. So and Kay stole have... a test from my grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so she tested negative. But the thing is that the doctor told her that it was... Um, like a one in four chance that it was a false negative. So mm-hmm. the test tail have a really high inaccuracy rate. And so she could potentially still, she could have had it. And because the testing is just like not that great here or not that great in general right now, because we still don't really have the, the right thing to test for. So who knows? Dude, all the numbers on this, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but the numbers are so fucked on this thing. Like yeah. all across the board, like a one in four chance that the test is wrong is awful. Yeah. Are there are there false positives happening at that rate as well? I don't know. I don't know about that. I just know like the false negative stuff. It's mm-hmm. just the one in four. At least that's what the doctor told her. It's like better than nothing. It's like on on the one hand, we were kind of hoping that she was positive because her symptoms weren't too bad. That if if we was sick, at least she wasn't like having any respiratory issues. Her fever wasn't very high. But like if she had had it, that would have meant that I definitely had it, and then it means that I think in general like there's issues whether or not people can be reinfected but it would have like at least we would have most likely both have had it mm-hmm. and then it would have been like long term it would have been maybe okay but now it's still like well maybe she did have it or maybe she's still her tested negative but maybe she still had it and then we just now are now unsure it turns out it's psychosomatic and she's just willing herself to die because she's stuck in a house <laughs> <laughs> because the republicans told her she had to die for her country she is very patriotic. Yeah, she'll do it. <laughs> Most patriotic person I know, probably. What a hero, yeah. truly. Maybe even more so than Jordan. No, 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 no. I'm on the front lines. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you're a troop, there's no denying. <laughs> you're a band of brothers. But for for like long term, for in terms of outdoorsy shit and being able to get back outside in general, it's yeah. So I think there's going to be like, it looks like things are going to start opening up soon, like maybe next month or so. May, which is still like early for some summer stuff. The question is going to be whether or not after we get out, like there's going to be this first wave of people that are going to rush out and immediately get sick. And then there's going to be probably another peak or something, which is what I, that's kind of the concern with a lot of people. I mean, for me, my concern is the whole like bringing the virus from my urban area to a um, like a gateway community that doesn't have it. As soon as every tech bro is going to Tahoe and mm-hmm. every like, family reunion and yosemite is happening i'm gonna go because it's like they've already compromised this like whether it's the right time to open it or not once those communities are compromised they're compromised it's i'm fine with them saying close as long as they feel like they need to stay closed but as soon as they start letting people in then it's like i'm gonna be in the backcountry well it's also like the question is like the is that whether the backcountry is okay versus like the the popular areas like the valley versus going yosemite somewhere in the in the backcountry and stuff like that um and there's still like some of the same issues that are going to be in place like so you might be able to go into like the backcountry go backpacking somewhere remote but then if you again if you get hurt whether you are going to still be straining those SAR services or some of those medical facilities mm-hmm so we might have to revise our number one rule, which is you're only cliffed out if you stop. Yeah. <laughs> just be a little safer and then... Or just completely commit to dying. Like there's no no being rescued. You're not allowed to call SAR. That's yeah. kind of my, my... I mean, a lot of people have had the retort of like, oh, you think that 
because one of the main arguments against not through hiking or doing any sort of dangerous activity right now is like that you could be putting SAR professionals and stuff at risk. And these, the same, these people are like, well, I could trip and break my ankle in my own home too. Like that it's no different. Like, do y'all not realize how many yeah. people have to go, <laughs> people who live in different communities have to go and rescue your ass? Like, it's not like one EMT is picking you up off the street. It's like a coordinated effort involving all these people, which is a risk anytime we enter the backcountry. But like those people are willing to accept that risk under normal circumstances. Like did they drop out of school before they learned about probability? <laughs> yeah to i mean like yeah you can trip and break your ankle when you're walking from your couch to your refrigerator but like <laughs> on your perfectly flat linoleum floor you're probably not going to yeah mm-hmm. it's just that like dumb false equivalency of just being like the one thing i keep hearing a lot too is like well um what does it matter if i'm resupplying in a town people who are in quarantine in a short-term place they have to resupply like it's, it's not a resupply. Like you're literally getting food, like your essential food and stuff like that. And yeah. you're not going, you're not in some remote part of the country or their services are limited. Like if I'm resupplying, quote unquote, resupplying here in the Bay Area, like I'm going to Richard, I'm staying within a very short area. I'm not going from town to town and like things like that. Like I don't understand that mindset of just thinking like it's the same thing, like all the same, like it's worse to be in a city than it is to be in the back country and things like that. Yeah. yeah, like you touching a grocery store door in your hometown is not the same as you touching many grocery store doors throughout communities up and down the trail. <laughs> Spreading Noro and Giardia as long as well as Corona. There's some new like comorbidity comes out where it's like Noro and Giardia and COVID at the same time and it kills all of us <laughs> because of Brian Without Borders. <laughs> It's like every single year on every trail, there's always some kind of like weird outbreak of something. Like how do these people not realize like this has totally happened with Corona, which is much worse than Noro or Giardia or E. coli or whatever the fuck. Yeah. If, if one does start on a trail though, I hope it at least gets to be called hiker flu. <laughs> like if patient zero is like an AT, it like comes from an AT shelter. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably going to be where the zombie apocalypse starts dude those are some of the grossest places on earth at shelter and the privies next to them yeah. i'm surprised more people don't die from like hanging out on those they're just like riddled with haunta oh yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> shit. Just ratchet everywhere but yeah, like in terms of like backpacking this summer or summer trips and stuff like that, like, I don't know. I think, I think I, I, I guess I understand the like idea of that. Yeah. If everyone's going to be going out, we may as well go out with them, which is like, I don't know. I would, I'd rather wait a while, I think, which is like, I'm definitely not going to be doing much outdoorsy shit in like May and June, I think, which I mm-hmm. didn't have much plans anyway, but it seems like those would be the best times to like avoid that if you are still concerned about like potential spreads or potential hotspots and things like that july and august are going to be when it's really kind of interesting it's going to be it's going to be really more dependent on like the the general overall situation whether or not we have better antibody testing or testing in general whether or not hospitals are hit by another peak and they're overwhelmed and stuff like that whether or not even the national parks and stuff are open or whether or not some of these leases are open yeah, I'm curious about how they'll re- like when they'll reopen in relation to more corporate entities. I feel like it's pretty like politically, it's pretty clear that shit's going to start opening up pretty soon, whether whether it's safe or not. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that means that on a federal level they'll force the national parks over open or they'll leave that up to the states. Closing originally was up to the states, sort sort of like 
California parks were only able to close. We closed the day after um, the governor issued the statewide stay at home. I mean, mm-hmm. some some states like never got there or got there way too late. And then in those cases, the parks had to make really hard arguments for closing um, if they didn't have that support already. So I imagine that like, at least in California, we're not going to be reopening before the governor lifts the stay at home order, which I don't know if businesses are kind of under the same restrictions. I wonder if your boy can force it open. Bernhardt? Yeah. (laughs) Get out. Oh my God. Probably, honestly. Should we talk about Bernhardt? Should we talk about this this op-ed piece, this Fox News, this wonderful- Let me just scream quietly for a second and then I'll be able to- (laughs) Just go into a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Who, do you want to do you want to start off by explaining who David Bernhardt is and what he does and why he's terrible? Sure. David Bernhardt is like an oil and gas lobbyist turned Secretary of the Interior, <laughs> former Deputy Deputy Secretary of the Interior under Ryan Zinke, who was like a slightly less worse piece of shit Secretary of the Interior. Um, but he's yeah. been who who resigned shamefully right. resigned exactly during the government shutdown last year. Yeah, Bernhard has, Bernhard's the new Secretary of the Interior. He was responsible for the decision to waive entrance fees in the National Park, March like 18th, I want to say, around there, thus encouraging people to visit national parks at the moment, even though the parks were like, we need uh, like Washington guidance on closing all the national parks. We need to set precedent. You know, these corporations are closing sites nationwide, and we don't have the same sort of like corporate-wide guidance coming down. Um, So we were looking for guidance on closing, and instead we got guidance on encouraging Americans to visit the national parks for social distancing (laughs) um, by waiving entrance (laughs) fees, which was really frustrating because the parks rely a lot on entrance fees, which fund a lot of positions that are public-facing, a lot of projects that are public-facing. So the parks are going to suffer the backlash of this for a few years, I think. In, in other parks that I know of, we had already made the decision to stop manning entrance stations because those people were at crazy high risk just with the amount of visitor contacts they make every day. But we were still encouraging people to pay the entrance fees online. And instead, we had to stop asking people to pay the entrance fees online and said, just tell them to come in for free. <laughs> so I don't know how <laughs> it benefited anyone to lift the entrance fee. Um, it didn't protect anybody. But yeah. I have a theory... Yeah, that it's the long-term goal of the conservatives to privatize all the national parks, probably, or at least the uh, workforce in them, and like not have rangers and stuff anymore. Have it all like privatized workforce. That's and... that's not like that's not a theory. That's like the plan for everything. That they, right, especially with the Trump administration. It's just I was thinking about this earlier, and like if you look at every single um, current secretary of whatever. It's like, think of who would be the worst person to run this mm-hmm. department. Like, who, if you wanted to destroy this department and eventually <laughs> make it so bad that it becomes privatized, who would you appoint? Like, education, Betsy DeVos, yeah. Secretary of the Interior, like, Housing and Development, Brent Carsley, like, all these people. Just appoint the absolute worst person. The parks have the kind of benefit, though, of being, like, America's sweetheart. Like, people don't really give a shit about the BLM because they don't really know what it is or they don't care if people are mining on it. But, like, if you try to touch people's, like, parks they tend to really freak out and they're really protective of them so i think public lands in general are going to suffer under him and under the trump administration but i think luckily most of the parks are kind of safe like people really freaked out about bears ears um and that wasn't even like a really high profile park um or monument before so 
I mean, we have but the kind that of was different. That was different. like changing its status. And what I think their play will be with the parks is, oh, they keep their national park status, but all the staff and all the buildings and all the infrastructure is now privatized, and there'll be some company like owned by Halliburton or something that <laughs> builds all the new lodges in Yosemite and it's going to be um, like Disneyland and it's going to be like, or maybe it even would be Disney. Like somebody would come in and they'd staff it and they'd pay minimum wage with no benefits, which a, a lot mm-hmm. of park workers already do make that. But I could see it saying like, yeah, we're, we're going to protect the land, but we're going to allow these private entities to come in and make a bunch of money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or sourcing a lot of the services like concessions or lodging and stuff like that to private and to private companies. Yeah, and I mean some of that goes on already. Yeah, there's some lodges and stuff in some national parks like that, like that. But I can imagine them like much larger scale. Like right now, it's it's nowhere near as bad. Like Yosemite Valley is kind of like a shit show, or like some of the like glacier, or some of like the main Grand centers, Grand Canyon. Are like shit shows, but they're not they're they're not like riddled with like advertisements and just like random shit and stuff like that. There's gift stores and stuff like that, but there's they're not as Disneyfied as as it could be. Yeah, which I think is kind of the long term goal. This to like you said, like yeah, just have someone who is who's maybe the worst person possible to have as someone who is managing all the all of the the bureau of land management, all the national parks, all the federal and all these federal lands and stuff like that. And who, just, who has just this long history of lobbying and defending kind of unsustainable mining projects, oil companies and things like that. But so, yeah, he wrote an op-ed piece that is really infuriating when you read it, because it, it <laughs> if you read it, if you kind of just read it as, as a, as a regular, just as, as an article that you would imagine, like the secretary of the interior to write, it's kind of like, okay, like a lot of the stuff is just very like, boilerplate like very generic shit like that and kind of stuff that you would imagine but then when you know like the history of how much he's done to dismantle the park system and how much he's fucked over like a lot of employees and stuff like that and how much just as a trump appointee he's done like to support trump's like rollback of environmental regulations it's fucking infuriating yeah i mean this article's coming out around the same time as other articles about bernhardt are coming out that he's opening wildlife refuges to hunting and like even people in montana who are like (laughs) (laughs) all like gun-toting libertarians sorry if you're from montana but like even montanans are getting really (laughs) upset with bernhardt because of the effect that he's having on their public lands like even from that perspective so i think everyone is kind of rallying against him at the moment but yeah this article is infuriating to read when you know that so much of it is just utter bullshit like he 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 bragged that they were you know closing access to some of our country's most iconic places such as Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, and the Washington Monument. But like Bernhardt wouldn't allow Grand Canyon to close for almost a month after the park was asking to close. And then they waited until an employee got sick before he gave permission for the park to close. I mean, so people from all over the country and the world were still allowed to come. And, and like the Navajo Nation has a really high rate of the virus and all these other local communities were begging to- to close the park and he like wouldn't let them and now he's like look at us we've closed some of our most iconic places just to keep ourselves safe from the virus and and he says that he wanted to um to waive entrance fees to protect frontline employees but like the actual press release from the park service doesn't mention anything about that it just mentions that he wants to waive entrance fees to encourage people to visit the parks and now he's like oh we have to keep our frontline workers safe and we want it. We didn't want people to have to pay because of the diminished experience they're going to get. And it's like, 
It's utter bullshit. He's just like a gaslighting dickhead. Dude, the back and forth that the conservatives do on all this shit is fucking insane. Like, it blows my mind that in the same op-ed, he can be like, it was good that we opened up the national parks to be free for everybody, but also we're closing them to keep everyone safe. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. do you fucking believe? Like, just if they would just pick one, I'd be happier. Like, All right, let's read through Let's read through some of this because there's a lot of stuff in here that I was like reading through and so fucking infuriating. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so it's op-ed from David Bernhardt in Fox News, which is already, if you want to publish an op-ed, that's a great spot to put one um, this was the first time i had opened a fox news article in a long time and i was immediately like yelled at by an autoplay video of trump making a coronavirus yeah. which i did not care for all right so america's public lands belong to the american people which already he does not believe that like 100 percent, he's shown repeatedly <laughs> from just like the opening line is, is such stop. bullshit it's total lie yeah like that that alone like he does not believe that he has never believed that he's worked as a lobbying he's worked as a lawyer for different industries that have destroyed a bunch of places opened up a lot of lands to like mining and he might believe that under the context that regular people aren't people Right. Like you're only people if you're rich. Or that corporations are people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Normal times, many of us regularly visit national parks while our refugees and other uh, refuge and other recreational sites spread out across more than 500 million acres of land managed by the Department of the Interior. The nation's public lands range from urban parks with roller skating pavilions to iconic and popular venues for hiking, sightseeing, biking, hunting, fishing, and other recreational activities. Also, which, which, place has the roller skating pavilion what <laughs> national park or state park I don't has know. a roller skating that sounds tight i want to define that it's probably like that. is central park in new york federal no i don't think so no. i don't know it's probably something like that it's probably some like tiny yeah. like plaza in a big city but i just love the idea of that he just thinks that the national parks just have like roller skating rinks or something like that or that's what he wants long term to have <laughs> just, <laughs> just to open them up but these are certainly not normal times. President Trump has led and coordinated an all of America strategy to combat the coronavirus pandemic and slow the spread of the virus, which, of course, is not true. This has all been terrible. It's been terribly mismanaged. Um, we're probably more sick than we should be. The Department of the Interior, as the primary public lands manager of the United States, has accordingly done its part to protect the health and safety of its public and our employees. Such as opening up the parks for free. Right. <laughs> Encouraging more people to congregate here. This was the <laughs> sentence that I copy and pasted onto the employees Facebook group with like several eye roll and like cry laughing emojis. Yeah, when when the gateway communities and the employees are screaming, like, keep people away from here, and they're encouraging people to go, we've done everything we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From the advent of this pandemic, the National Park Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Bureau of Land Management, and other bureaus have taken measures to try to maintain basic accessibility to our lands while adhering to guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as state and local public health authorities. Uh, Which, of course, none of that is true. He's tried to keep them open as long as possible. Completely disregarding most of the medical professional experience that everything should be closed down. Our response to the public health crisis has been led by our incredible public health officials on staff and those of state and local jurisdictions. We have implemented our pandemic plan in conducting risk assessment of our public lands and facilities and relied on the guidance of public health officials in modifying or even closing access to some of our country's most iconic places, such as Yellowstone National Park, Grand Canyon National Park, and the Washington Monument. Which, of course, Grand Canyon was not closed until somebody got sick. Right. And even Yellowstone wasn't closed when the superintendent asked to close it. And Washington Monument was only closed, like, pretty early because of it. it's, like, super urban. And that decision was way above the secretaries, I think, even. 
also they might be impacted by that because they it's in their backyard so they probably yeah that might affect them directly people were losing their minds because they couldn't come see the cherry blossoms in bloom <laughs> oh <Aww. Yeah. laughs> well <laughs> they're they're one time a year that they go outside mm-hmm. closure is a last but sometimes necessary resort to best protect the public lands during the pandemic but by working in close coordination with public health experts and with the cooperation of the public and following social distancing, we have been able to keep most of our public lands open. Many national monuments, memorials, battlefields, and other public lands remain generally accessible, as are the majority of Bureau of Land Management's 245 million acres and the Fish and Wildlife Service's 90 million acres, despite most facilities and amenities being closed. Which is, I don't mean funny that the BLM lands are still, some of them are like the least regulated. The the most open spaces, like tons of lands and stuff like that, but some of those are still being open. There's people still like using a lot of those spaces. The BLM land is like the Wild West. Like I don't even know how they could close that tech. Like they could say it's illegal yeah. to be there, but it's massive amounts of land. So with no gates and no like infrastructure at all. Remember reading something that, like the BLM is like one of the largest like land management or largest land owning agencies or any kind of entity in this country. Like they own the most amounts of land, like they control most of the land. And just those 245 million acres is just, yeah, there's no way to really enforce that. Like any of the backcountry stuff like that. Even I remember a few years ago when they changed it so that they set a two week maximum that you could camp or stay in the backdoor spaces. People were still like just doing it for months at a time. Like it's so hard to really regulate some of, especially some of the more remote Spots. And even all the national parks aren't, or the national park units aren't close. Like there's 419 units in the NPS, and upon like a last count, there was only like 120 that are fully closed. Most of them have closed their visitor centers and stuff, but you can still go, and people are still parking there and like hiking the popular trails and stuff. Yeah, and that's that's the thing with like the some of these quote unquote closures, especially if you go to the National Park Service's website and you like. So because there was no um, collective action taken across all the national parks, if you have, it's very hard to figure out which ones are still open and which one have like quote unquote modified operations. Mm-hmm. And then what those modified operations really vary from park to park, you know, like even from state parks and national parks and stuff. Some places they've completely closed down all of it. So there's no in and out, like even on the backcountry trails or anything like that. Um, most of the places I've seen have like, they've, they've closed their, their facilities so no like bathrooms or water or anything like that shut off that kind of stuff but in t- but people are still allowed to like go into these spaces so that means that there's they're still crowding these parking lots and there's not a lot of protection or inf- and that means they're just shitting in the campsites and stuff yeah mm-hmm. like just what happened during places. the shutdown at joshua tree and stuff like- yeah yeah i i haven't seen it that bad this year in joshua tree but i have seen like the there are still people who are like now taking advantage of it and just like kind of driving off road and going all over joshua tree and so much of other places and stuff like that. i mean the benefit now as opposed to the shutdown is that like employees are still fully staffed like all the law enforcement majors are still working and actually getting paid so there's still pe- there's way more people around than there was during the shutdown like like many construction projects are still going forth and a lot of people are still working but yeah, during the shutdown, it was just like essential employees, which are like really truly essential employees, are really only law enforcement rangers. And like people that make lattes. They were, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they were forced to work without pay anyway. So like, that sucked. But yeah, now everyone's like still fully staffed. So, but it is a pain in the ass to write people tickets if they try to break the law. Do we need to start like an armed militia that's job is to protect the public parks during crises? Because it seems like <laughs> one happens every year now. I mean, people tried that in some of yeah. them last year, but they were just like picking up trash. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. 
people were like and poaching wildlife people. and stuff and like <laughs> they were like we picked up litter by the side of the road and you're like this is why we need cops <laughs> i wouldn't go that far yeah let's not go that far <laughs> let's say all wild here park service law enforcement rangers are cops kind of Dude, this is a debate Jose and I've been having for years is yeah. whether they fall under all cab, a cab. <laughs> I don't yeah, think whether so. or not we if they if they carry guns um and they enforce arbitrary laws, they they're they're bastards. I feel like the laws they enforce are way less arbitrary. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah, we talked about this a lot of times and stuff like that. I don't know. That's a whole discussion. But let's finish up this article. Um because we're getting to the fun part. Um, due to the changes <laughs> in our operations and offerings to the American people and only providing the most basic services, I directed all of our public land units in March to waive entrance fees. This action is a recognition that we are not providing a full service experience and an important means to limit contact between visitors and our employees at the entrances of our different locations. So, okay. So, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're, you're, you're eliminating the contacts between visitors and employees at entrance stations, but you're raising the contacts between visitors and employees literally everywhere else. Like people live and work in these parks and they still have to clean the bathrooms and they still have to like take out the trash and all the shit that people are touching. Like, yeah, I guess in the fine print, you eliminated visitor contacts between entrance station employees and visitors, but like they're, you're still forcing people to work like other positions in the park. And like speaking from me, like going to work and running a cash register and stuff, obviously you're coming in contact with a lot of people and it's not super safe, but in a situation like that, you can behave in a consistent way that helps keep you safer. Like I wash my hands or wear gloves every time I have to handle cash. I don't let the customer touch anything that I have to touch. I wipe shit down a bunch. I wear a mask. But if you're just like in the park, like walking around other people and stuff, it's much harder to be that vigilant all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like if I had to shut down anything, I, like I don't think it would be the pay stations. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the reasoning for that, like, so the part of it was that that limiting contact between visitors. But the first part of that is, I think, the thing that trips me up is that because we're not providing the full service, you like you don't have to pay, like because mm-hmm. because the visitor center is closed. You, it's so telling of how they think about the national parks. It's like a profit center, like amusement park. Yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly Disney. right. Like yeah. that mindset of like we're not giving you your full value. You're not getting your money's worth. Therefore, like. Like, like right your disney the disney fast pass system isn't working so we're lowering <laughs> the entrance fee i paid 35 dollars and i want to watch the park movie and if i can't i want my money back i demand access to every interactive display <laughs> and to the 3 3 p.m showing but yeah like that 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 mindset is like ridiculous and i think most people i think i i like to believe that if you're visiting a national park if you care about this place and you are going there but they're like hey we shut down the visitor center because of this pandemic this viral outbreak no one's gonna be like oh give me back i'm that feel like that's too generous like i was gonna say like most people wouldn't be like no i don't want to pay the full 35 dollars but there are definitely people who go to these places and be like if i don't get every single cent worth <laughs> aside from the ma- access to all this magnificent beauty and the maintenance of the, all this stuff like then i want my money back yeah people's relationship with the parks is bizarre like so many people go to places like yosemite or glacier and never leave their car or the gift shop i was gonna say most people experience parks very differently the way you or i would experience parks like average day is like a few hours you know they do like one they don't venture more than like half a mile from a road they only stay on paved trails and they do spend a lot of time in the visitor center and the park movie and all that type of stuff but yeah, I mean, like if they had publicized that that stuff was closed, then they knew what they were getting into and they know that. That's the kind of mindset that like the conservative mindset of just being like, well, you're not 
we're providing you a service, and if you're not getting full access to it, then you're probably going to demand a refund. And I think probably probably put that in because that's the kind of thing that he would do if he went to place and didn't get like his money's worth. He would immediately demand a refund. So he's like, and just imagines that everyone would do that. I still think this ties back to them. Like they're trying to, it's a concerted effort to bankrupt the parks. Like yeah, yeah, to simultaneously build it up as a national treasure that people want to go to, and it's like this great amusement park experience. And at the same time, put them in a situation where they're losing money, mm-hmm. and then they can come in with the argument and say like. Well, look, they they're bankrupting themselves. We need these uh, big business deal maker Donald Trump boys to come in. <laughs> like like Disney can run their parks at a profit, so why don't we let them run the national parks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, th- and so ostensibly, it's about at least this and the arguments that he's made before is about like the making sure that the public is getting his money's worth when they're going as it and charge the fees, or that they are trying to limit the contact between visitors and employees, which of course is total trash. But the real reason I think is obviously that they are trying to destroy the park system and trying to make it seem as bad as possible. But a lot like the UK has done with the NHS where they defund it and then they make it, they don't give it enough resources or access and things. They don't pay their employees or they just try to fuck it up as much as possible so that they can come in and private privatize it later the idea of a like a privatized national park or like public land system is just such a fucking nightmare like it is so ridiculous and it's like such a horrible idea like imagining yosemite or glacier grand canyon just being like riddled with advertisements and just like different passes and shit you can get it's so fucking annoying i mean that's what it was like before the park service it's like everybody who had built a road into yosemite had a different corporation that charged a toll on it. So you'd like pay this dude a toll to like come down the highway. You'd pay this dude a toll to like cross the bridge. You'd pay another dude to like stay in his hotel and all this shit. It was a fucking mess. And this all ties back into our initial like thesis for this podcast, which is there's no such thing as an apolitical outdoors experience. Mm -hmm. If you think that somehow this shit doesn't affect you and you're a backpacker or a climber or even a day hiker, say goodbye to the backcountry as soon as these companies can have insurance claims filed against them if somebody yeah say goodbye to free permits <laughs> yeah and say hello to a bidding system for jmt permits when they realize that people some people will pay thousands of dollars for it yeah and say hello to a fucking gondola that runs from the bottom of the grand canyon <laughs> to the top and all that shit Having like advertisements just like blasted on the side of lcap 24 7 like just <laughs> giant projections I don't like this dystopia. Stop the ride. I want to get off. If they don't just flood the valley and make it a reservoir with fucking jet skis on it and fishing Yeah, wait, boats, they already did that. Uh, that's Hetch Hetchy. Yeah. Yeah, it's Hetch Hetchy. Yeah. And Glen Canyon. But but one of the things that people really responded to at the beginning of the park service was that that had already happened at Niagara. Like, they really disliked that it had basically been turned into a Disneyland with like all these advertisements and all these different people trying to like make money and sell shit. They won't let you go over in a barrel anymore. (laughs) That's why they were like, we look, we like need to protect these places so that because Niagara wasn't under any sort of like federal or state protection at all. And that was kind of the impetus of wanting to protect these places was to protect them from that corporate infringement or like the infringement of corporate. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for that shit, the, like, no joke, the Grand Canyon would be dammed up right now. That would be a yeah. huge reservoir that would give water yeah. and power to tons yeah. of people. I mean, up up and down river, it's already been, like, dammed by other... Yeah. yeah, there's a ton of spots already that have been destroyed or <laughs> fucked up just for damming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, yeah, I think if if this, the National Park Service, like, when it's, when it's effective, when it's not being run by a former lobbyist, uh, 
it really demonstrates how great nationalizing shit is and how great socialism is because like if you ever want a really good example of how much how well socialism can work just like look at the national park system like that having a government controlled government run agency that doesn't allow private interests to come in and just completely exploit the land or destroy the land and makes it accessible to the public i mean there's fees and shit like that but like they go to the maintenance they go to run it's like it's a fair system that allows for the management and preservation of all these places like, like and same with stuff like uh, PCT permits, where it's like, this is a perfect example of a random lottery that works that gives everyone a fair shot. Like you could be yeah. an 18-year-old that's never had a job or an ex-drug addict that just got out of prison and you can apply for a PCT permit and have the same chance as a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer that could afford to pay thousands of dollars for the permit, but they're not allowed to do that. There's no system for them to just pay extra. Not having these places and these these... these trails and stuff like that be privatized is prevented from turning into like Everest where it's just like if you have money you can afford to do it like you everyone this creates better access to everybody and if you don't have money and you want to do it you better learn how to risk your life for some rich asshole carrying his shit to the top for him yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's some more there's some more like random platitudes in this stupid ass article but I don't want to finish it it's just it's just dumb that was the that was the, the highlights really but yeah and it's just like the idea of the idea of maybe the worst person to run this system is currently in charge of it. And I mean, maybe, do you think he's worse than Zinke or no? Um, Zinke yeah. was like hilariously corrupt, which is really like the funny, like just how much he abused the system and like those private flights and shit like that. But I feel like Bernhardt is maybe causing more damage than Zinke did. I mean, anybody looking at Bernhardt's pat, like track record would be like, this guy should never be allowed to manage anything. <laughs> like, He's a he's like his whole career has been as a lawyer, like fighting on the op yeah. like the op opposite interests of public lands agents against like, against salmon migration rights and for open pit yeah. mining. No joke, right. those are like his two biggest cases he worked on. <laughs> he tried to open an open pit mine in uh, southern Arizona, which once again backpacking is not apolitical because if you like the southern section of the AZT, there's they're trying to do an open pit mine there right now, which will. That whole section around Patagonia, which is beautiful, will be not hikeable. I had something I wanted to say that I swear to God was going to be smart, but no, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> was it about Bernhardt or Zinke? Oh, I remember what it was. It's not smart. It's just an idea. <laughs> Bernhardt used to um, lobby on behalf of Halliburton. Mm -hmm. That's so funny to me. Like, yeah. Well, he got his come-ups during, during George Bush, too. Yeah. Like, he was the um, chief of staff for the um, Department of Interior then. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how much better would our world be if we just rounded up anyone that has anything to do with Halliburton and <laughs> drop them into a volcano? <laughs> if you have any kind of connection to him, if you worked as like uh, uh, in the males. Yeah, it'd be worth it to kill the like poor working class saps that like happen to be involved. Like if it meant that we could get rid of Cheney and Bernhardt and all these assholes. Bernhardt's very beloved by the Trump administration, though. He's our designated survivor. He's he's a he's a huge defender of of all the policies, like all the shitty environmental shit that Trump has done. He's like gone up to bat to to preserve them. Mm -hmm. That was like the thing when he started was when Bernhardt started. He said that he didn't want to uh, have the focus of the Department of the Interior be on scientific consensus or research or anything like that. He just wanted to follow the president's views. Hell yeah, yeah. mind Fuhrer for life. <laughs> yeah, what a bootlegger. <laughs> 
that's such a fucking cuck move to begin with anyway like even if i was one of these fucking sociopathic guys that like just dreams of being the head of something i would want to be like well yeah the president is technically in charge but we make our own calls over here here he's just like yeah if he says suck my dick i say how hard do you want me to get (laughs) (laughs) it puts the lotion on its skin uh, and the last thing, the last thing I want to say about him is that I showed Kay a picture of him from his Wikipedia, and she said that he looks like Mr. Potato Head, which I thought was pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he looks, like, his head, his head just looks like Mr. Potato Head. She was like, "Oh, you could put the legs on the little legs on him," and he, would... he looks like fucking every high school principal, but not like the cool like '80s principal or anything, like the like the like a shitty like actual principal. By failed. cool '80s principal, do you mean? Uh... The dude from Breakfast Club, who was kind of a hard ass, but he was like cool. But he still. I thought you meant the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who's a real life pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) He could be that. He He probably is a real life pedophile. He's on that (laughs) adrenochrome. Uh, But in good news, uh, happy news. Let's end on a happy note. We're going to wrap up. Uh, Did you see wild animals are taking the streets, man? They're back. Hell yeah. Antifa coyotes. Is this like the mom post on Facebook where it's like, look, dolphins are in the Venice canals again. They're swans. Yeah, it's in... super cute. I don't care. They're so <laughs> cute. Wildlife in Yosemite is back. Uh, there's like bears and shit going back into the yeah. valley. Which, I mean, there's always been like bears in the valley and stuff like that. But... Which is going to be terrifying when the park reopens because all these bears are coming out of hibernation and they're like, oh, sweet. There's no people here anymore. Let me just like walk in the roads and use this as a thoroughfare and like go wherever i want and then all of a sudden hopefully the park doesn't open immediately hopefully it's like a soft opening or gradual or phased in some way maybe Bernhardt will bring back the uh bear bleachers oh yeah the bear feeding <laughs> the yosemite bear bleachers yeah yeah he's like we were really sad that all these bears were getting hit by cars so we decided to do something for them also you have to pay twenty dollars to watch yeah. it in order to protect the the safety of the bears, we've decided to set up stands to watch that and, and feed them directly out of a trash cans. It's that SeaWorld logic. It's like, oh, we're doing important research and we're also like that involves dolphins jumping through hoops. Yeah. <laughs> we have to make them dance for us. Uh, we've also decided to teach the bears how to uh, dance on top of balls and tell the giant comically oversized balls and, and juggle while they do so. Wear little green hats and steal picnic baskets. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like when it's, it's kind of nice for the animals to be like have access back to all these places that we've co-opted and just completely destroyed. But it definitely like when all the people come rushing back, like all the bears and Yosemite, all the bears and all these places who are now, they're going to be fucked again. Yeah. They're just going to shoot them all. Same with like all these coyotes that are coming down into like urban areas yeah. in Seattle and stuff. Like they're just all going to get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the same thing like and then the same kind of same thing is happening with um, a lot of the pollution a lot of places are clearing up for the time being like los angeles like a lot of the smog is cleared up there's a lot of uh, there's pollution levels water pollution levels and stuff like that like water be running clear in venice and shit like that but i think the worry is going to be that as soon as that everything reopens we're just gonna because we've been cooped up for a month we're just gonna trash everything just to make up for it i'm interested to see how the democrats just fucking blow like every benefit that they could get from this like it's so clear the medical system's totally fucked and that we could have medicare for all and it would be better it's now abundantly clear that climate change is caused by humans like we stay in our fucking houses for two weeks and it's like you can see the change you can see just how much everything's cleared up you can 
drastically. And the you know the really frustrating thing about but that. But watch Biden say fucking nothing about it during the mm-hmm. debates. Like this yeah. point will not even be brought up, guaranteed. The amazing thing is that so we were able to as as shitty as all the corona responses have been, as shitty as like the Trump administration has been on these issues, like but we saw what happens when people actually even if like not 100% of the population if a significant portion of us makes some drastic changes to try to prevent one thing you can see how quickly we can like make some changes and shit like that how quickly we can change it like how quickly we can fix a lot of these environmental issues and the frustrating thing is that as soon as this is over everything's going to go back to the same and all the climate's still going to be fucked i i think the big difference with that is that they can just bail out the big businesses all the banks and everything while this is going on so they can weather the storm but some of the big changes that need to happen from a societal level or ecological level involve these businesses fucking not existing anymore mm-hmm. yeah which is why it'll never happen like it's just our, it, our cruise is still gonna be a thing hopefully at least like the free market capitalism will determine that like no one's gonna ever gonna fucking cruise again hopefully that was the so funny thing is that a lot of these cruise uh, cruise companies are like registered in uh, other countries so that they can get away with paying, not paying taxes. And now they're mm-hmm. trying to get bailouts from the U.S. Yeah, they don't even fly under an American flag, which is like the biggest fucking jerk off thing for <laughs> conservative people. Like they should be so mad that there's cruises that don't have an American flag on it. I personally on my cruise, I always fly the uh, Blue Lives Matter flag. <laughs> We fly it upside down. That's my <laughs> Somali pirate ship. <laughs> You're the captain. Um, the other last thing too is that I really want to share this, and we should link this if you put the show notes thing. Is the PCT 360 video? It's so cool. Explain. This makes me happy. There's somebody uh, hiked the PCT in 2018, I think. Uh, yes, 2018. And along the way, they used, they recorded a bunch of shit with the 360 camera and they finally uploaded it a few weeks ago, uh, or at least they uploaded it like last month, but the PCTA just posted, sent it out and it's so fucking cool. And I wish other trails would do this. It's, it's just, I imagine it takes a long time to put this together, but it's a 360 video of the entire PCT. Like it's about two hours long and you can use like the VR goggles and shit, or you can just use like a phone and to browse around. But it's like really cool that you can like go through different spots and like take a look around and stuff like that. And obviously like right now we can't go out, we can't visit a lot of these places, but it is super cool to be able to see some of these spots and to like follow along with somebody as they hike through these places. Like, and being able to see some of these places like in the snow, like the Sierra and the snow, like being able to visit like Thousand Island Lakes or like Goat Rocks or any of these places like that is so fucking cool. Another great resource for armchair hikers is this new app or i don't know how new it is but people have been talking about it in the groups recently there's like an app that you can hook up to like your fitbit or your phone or something that'll track your walking and it'll map your spot along the appalachian trail it'll be like oh you've walked like 100 miles since you started so you're at this gap or you're at this shelter which is just like another cute thing if people want to do stuff at home hell yeah that's how i'm going to do my calendar your triple crown is that <laughs> a treadmill <laughs> a treadmill if you just walk 2,189 miles up and down your driveway, it counts. But yeah, it's super cool. Everyone should check it out. It's a nice way to like spend some time. I've spent so many hours just like watching the stuff and then just trying to make some marks of like some really cool spots like Mount Jefferson and stuff like that. Like I wish there was one for like the AZT or like because and the Florida Trail, especially the Florida Trail, because that's the only way we're ever going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google, the Google Earth flyover 
feature is super dope and kind of similar yeah. to that too. And I, I use that for planning some of the high route stuff um, where there's not a lot, like you can't just go on Instagram or YouTube and find a ton of footage of people doing it. And if you want to check out like a specific pass or something and see how sketchy it actually looks or where it's been really beneficial is, um, you know, there might be like a six mile section with a bunch of gnarly passes on it. And you want to find where like some bailout spots or where some camping spots would be. And just, just seeing nature and, you know, seeing the Sierra where you when you can't. I just love seeing nature from my home, you know, from my armchair. Oh, uh, it's the bomb with air conditioning on and shit. I'll never go outside again. Just cover myself in dirt and don't shower for four days. Let some mosquitoes <laughs> loose inside my apartment. Mm-hmm. I'll endorse just um, sitting at your computer with a VR headset on, looking at the PCT and eating hit peas if hit peas will sponsor us. <laughs> I love hit peas.